0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when the day of Pentecost arrived, the disciples were in quarantine. It was about 50 days after Easter when they had to start hiding out, but not as much changed as we figure. A couple months passed after Jesus literally conquers death, and so we figure everything's gotta be different now. I'm sure there's a new normal somewhere. But the Pharisees were still running the temple. Caiaphas still offered sacrifices there as the high priest, refusing to believe that he already sacrificed the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and he could stop. The city was still under Roman occupation. And the crowd still really didn't do anyone any favors by paying attention to them? Like, remember who the crowd is? They cried for revolution when Jesus rode into town on a donkey. They cried for a cross when he didn't deliver. And on Pentecost, the twelve didn't seek out a crowd that was eager to hear them. The crowd heard a great noise, and they went to add to it. Pentecost was not the sanctioned and safe beginning of an enthusiastic church that we seem to imagine. We know the miracle that happened. Tongues of fire danced over the apostles' heads while they preached in languages they never knew. Each devout Jew gathered from every nation heard in his own tongue the mighty works of God. But the thing is, these same devout men spoke with one voice before pentecost all on their own there was no miracle necessary together they all cried crucify the disciples were brought out of quarantine by god but not to preach to those who gathered together cheerfully after making all the right choices in the middle they preached to the same sinners who cried out for the death of god they went out to preach to the terrified they went out to preach to the confused folks who did their very best in the middle of chaos and second-guessed every single step along the way. They preached to those who would hear what God would call good and then flat-out mock it and then call the messengers drunk for saying it. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples went out to preach to us. See, we can go over the last couple of months and wonder. We can second-guess all our choices and we can attack each other. For doing what we thought was best in the middle of it but the thing is that doesn't really seem to be fixing anything like as it turns out trying to make somebody else feel worse in order to make yourself feel better doesn't help but this is the crowd that the preachers were sent to by god and peter did a miracle he didn't just yell at them. He didn't just insist that they get along. He didn't just blast them for not doing things his way. He preaches hope, real, concrete hope, not rooted in an action plan for the future, not being in the right side that made the right choices that were on the right side of history through all of the chaos. He preaches to the ones who put Jesus to death and tell them that Jesus didn't just die because of them, he died for them. He died for all of their sins, for all of those sinners that were gathered that day, for their selfishness, for their arrogance, for their anger, for their idolatry, for their covetousness. They they were covered in the blood of God, who would bear that cross for them, who knew full well what would happen when he rode into that city and did it anyway, so that the very least of these who struggle in the midst of that which is too big for us might find a merciful God and not A vengeful one. Our Lord Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem to bleed and to die that sinners would no longer be known by their worst deeds or their biggest secrets, so that sinners would no longer be known by their biggest mistakes or their what if I news. They would be known by the death of God. They would be known by the forgiveness of sins. The path forward then becomes a very simple thing. Peter preaches Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Which is good. Because God would speak a warning through Peter that day too. He says, as weird as all of this was, it's only going to get weirder. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophecy. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophecy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, that great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As weird as this is going to get, Christians and unbelievers get caught together in the same mistake. I guess we really are all in this together. We see the signs. We marvel at them. I mean, it's all the world wants to talk about. We live in uncertain times. Look how weird it is out there. The internet says that all of this started when a gorilla named Harambe got shot in 2016. The political parties just blame each other. The preppers bought all the toilet paper. Sinners sinned. Thing is, I don't think it was actually any less weird a generation ago. We just didn't have Facebook to point it out to us. There have been wars and rumors of wars. There has been blood and fire and disaster and fear. These things have been in the air we breathe since... The crowds were gathered together on Pentecost and in all of it we miss the most important part when all you want to look at are the signs. Well everyone can say that it's weird out there but nobody can find hope in the middle of it. Even the world says it's weird out there but it's been weird so long the best we can try and do is call weird normal and get on with our day but the crowd they saw the sun blotted out from the sky when Christ was crucified. I'm pretty sure they didn't mock the disciples and call them drunk for talking about the signs. Everyone was talking about the signs. Nobody gets filled with new wine and actually speaks clearer in languages that they never actually learned. I hear it gets harder to talk. The thing that seemed so ridiculous was what they promised. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's greater than any sign and wonder you'll see down here. There is salvation for crowds of belligerent sinners because God rode into Jerusalem to die for them. There is salvation in the middle of uncertain times when nobody knows what to do but we're all pretty sure everybody else is doing it wrong because God didn't reserve salvation for the ones who navigate the signs, who make good choices, but he promises salvation to all who call upon his name. There is not salvation in finding a safe place to wait out to the dark days or on fighting on the front line of whatever awful thing happens next. Salvation exists in the God who chose to dwell in this mess for the sinners lost in the middle of it to bring us through it. There is salvation in his death and his resurrection because he died and he rose for the crowd and he died and he rose for you that we would be more than just divided by differences. We would be united by Christ. We would be united by mercy and we would speak with hope. Don't just look at the signs of the world. Look at the promise. Look at the very greatest miracle done that day on Pentecost. Because it is still going on today. Of all of the divisions, of all of the sins, of all of the fears, of all of the weird, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord is still saved. And so Peter got sent out to preach to a church that was never founded on safety. And never founded on things being normal. It was rooted on Christ who gives salvation to every sinner who calls his name, no matter what was happening, no matter what they've done. This is what we taught you, because today is confirmation. It's not a graduation. It's not a promise that our kids will grow up in a world that is free from scary things. You won't. We're going to point blank ask you here in a minute. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and suffer all, even death rather than fall away from it? Those aren't words we speak to a church that can only exist when times are safe. But again, don't look at the signs. Look at the promise. It's in the answer we'll give you. I don't just want a yes from you. That's not enough. Look at us. We're grown-ups and we're scared. Why are we going to expect you to be courageous when we are afraid? It can't stand on us, because it's never stood on us. It's not just yes, but we'll say yes with the help of God. Because God helps you. God saves you. It stands on that. Even for crowds like the sinners who gathered then. Even for crowds like the sinners who gather here today. Even for a world that looked like that. Even for a world that looks like this. Confirmation isn't the end, and it's not just because we have more to teach you. It's because God has more help to give you. There is more hope to be found. Because Pentecost was not the sanctioned and safe beginning of an enthusiastic church that we imagine it to be. It was an illegal gathering of belligerent sinners who were called, gathered, enlightened, sanctified, and kept by the Holy Spirit through the power of God's word. And so the church will still stand because the Spirit still works. We stand in dangerous times, united together, because we are the forgiven sinners. We are the ones sustained by a promise. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This promise is for you and for your children and for your children's children. And it gives us a new identity. Every nation gathered into Jerusalem was given a new identity. Even as they were joined together, there was no longer a great mess of people. They were just the baptized by the end of the day. They were Christians. They were those that saw all the signs of the world, but still dared to hope. They were united. Because of all the things that would drive us apart, of all of the weird, of all of the sin and all of the pain, the word that was spoken then still stands true. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In the name of Jesus, amen.